From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, a special welcome to those of you joining us live tonight via the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network around the world. Great to have you with us. That was kind of redundant, wasn't it? But International that's okay. Con- We're live streaming. You that's, can that's say anything right. you want. Almost. And uh, <laughs> we, we welcome you here to the front room of yeah. Advancing Vibrant Communities. As you know, we uh, stream our show live from our front room here because uh, we feel that uh, it reflects who we are in terms of uh, taking Christ to the streets and connecting believers with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. A great, uh, great show lineup here tonight, so Elaine. Excited. One of our, our great friends yes. and he actually was a, a, a part of us on, on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. uh, Lighthouse Life, for many years. Uh, Dr. Jim Henman with us. Glad to be here. And uh, he is not here to psychoanalyze me tonight. We you know, never that's know. Just way too, <laughs> too big a job. Way too traumatic, I think. But uh, the, we are going to be talking about being a fool for God and oh, what that it. means. Isn't that a great thing? Before we uh, talk to uh, Jim and explore the dynamics of that, let's check in for our weekly update from our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with a challenge for all Jesus freaks to be fools for Christ. In 1956, missionaries Jim Elliott, Peter Fleming, Ed McCulley, Nate Saint, and Raj Udarian were killed by Warani tribesmen in the jungles of Ecuador. The tragic story made world headlines and many called it a foolish waste of lives. But here's what Jim Elliott had already written in his journal. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You see, their lives were not foolishly wasted. Their story inspired thousands to flock to mission work, including one small group, relatives of the slain men, who went back to Ecuador and helped lead the Warani to Christ. For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.net. Back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. And Elaine, that can really segues and fits well into what we're talking it about really tonight, does, doesn't it? You know, and as he was talking, I was thinking of the movie End of the Spirit. Did you guys see that? No. Oh, my Powerful, goodness. Powerful. Oh, it really was. You know, and just uh, the, this whole concept of, of understanding that, you know, these few decades that we have here on Earth, if it's all about us, it is for naught. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Really, but if we uh, it make really is hollow, our, it, it is hollow, yeah. doesn't it? Empty. It is empty, and and some people spend their whole lives searching for uh, something to fill that emptiness, and yes. of course that's uh, that's a God shaped hole, and He's uh, more than happy to fill that for us. And you know, when we give what we cannot take with us anyway, like the guy was saying on just a moment ago, when we 
when we give something that we can't take away anyway, mm. and by giving it freely, we get back so much more than we give, Amen. it's foolish not to. Mm. Mm-hmm. But God's talking about free giving, not begrudging giving, not giving because it's the right thing to do with white right. knuckles and begrudging resentment, but freely giving, allowing the Spirit to help us want to give mm. that freely. And not expecting something in return. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that is, and, and talk about finding purpose in your life. You know, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's and that's what we're going to be talking tonight about, friends. Uh, again, uh, Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan. Of course, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl with us, Al Ramsey, and uh, Dr. Jim Hinman, our guest tonight. Before we... Uh, Connect with some more opportunities to serve tonight, though. Let's check in with Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. How would you like to be forced to fund someone else's politics that you didn't agree with? Well, the Washington State Supreme Court did exactly that by ruling that a union has a right to require union dues from workers who have strong moral or religious objections to the political activity being funded. The court even ignored Washington law, which states that there must be annual permission given by workers before union dues can be used for political purposes. Well, the Pacific Justice Institute has filed an amicus brief urging the United States Supreme Court to restore a worker's right to be exempted from supporting objectionable political activity. This week, please pray for this very important case. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. You know, Elaine, an amazing thing uh, in, in previous career, that I had. Which one? <laughs> there were several. Well, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I was in the fire service and and paid union dues, and really did not like what they were using my dues for. I had no idea wow. that in California I had a, a legal choice to say, you know what, I don't want my money going to support that sort of oh, thing. And so, friends, we uh, urge you to take advantage of the. Tremendous research that the Pacific Justice Institute has done. Again, that website is www.pacificjustice.org. I almost gave our, our website. It's okay, too. It's www.pacificjustice.org, or you can call them toll-free, 1-888-305-9129. That's 1-888-305-9129. We have a few opportunities. You know, it's really interesting, on, on, on the heels of what you just said, the only group that I see today that doesn't have rights are Christians. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because every other group has rights, but as a Christian, somehow or other, even when it's in the law, somehow it's able to be turned into uh, a, a disempowering of Christians. I'm wondering how much of that has to do with end times and 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 God knowing that that there's going to be greater insanity as as we get closer to the end. Yeah, it does seem like that God told us it would be like this. He I didn't mean, warn this, us. This really is no surprise. In America, we find it mm-hmm. surprising, but of course, as as we hear on the Voice of the Martyrs week after week, there are places in the world today 
where pastors are being beaten up, put to death, persecuted uh, for their faith. And people are thrown in jail for praying. And so we we just need to be very thankful for what we have and be good stewards of it. Absolutely. Interesting times we live indeed. Interesting times to volunteer your time and reach out and help others. Friends, we do have some opportunities for you from the Volunteer Center of the United Way. Uh, Salvation Army Turlock Corps helps seniors remain active and entertained with the Salvation Army Senior Services Program. Volunteers are needed weekday afternoons to lead fun activities, games, arts, and crafts from 1.30 till 3.30. Or you might uh, choose to do an exercise group. That's fun, too, between 3.30 and 4.30 p.m. Uh, interested individuals can be uh, energetic, and you probably should be, and enjoy interacting with seniors. The Salvation Army Turlock Corps is a worship and service center providing a variety of community and social service programs, including an emergency pantry, utility assistance program, uh, youth and and family programs and senior services of all kinds. This is truly a great ministry for you to be involved in. And, you know, you might want to be a part of the Adopt-A-Grandparent Day with AVC and partnering nursing facilities. Please give us a call or shoot us an email if you do. We did this just this past week. Volunteers went out to one of the nursing facilities, and it was Adopt-A-Grandparent Day. This is so cool, an hour of your time Mm -hmm. to do arts, crafts, just talk to someone, hold someone's hand, just find out about their lives. It's really a cool deal. Also, the Society for Handicapped Children and Adults normally would be inviting us to hit the slopes at this time of the year, Uh-oh. but I don't think we have anything on the slopes to hit, do we? That's right. Is there any snow? Sadly. Yeah, sadly, no, no snow. But you can still volunteer. Volunteers are also needed to assist frail seniors or homebound disabled individuals with routine tasks that we oftentimes take for granted, I think, grocery shopping, uh, driving to the doctor appointments and running errands and that type of thing. You may also want to volunteer with the Stanislaw County Probation Department Now, this is working with at-risk youth in the juvenile justice system. Uh, Group supervisor aid volunteers are needed to supervise incarcerated minors during mealtime, school, recreation, and evening programs. This takes place at Juvenile Hall. Volunteer shifts are available daily between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m., and you must be 18 years of age or older and have an interest in working with youth, be mature, responsible and have the ability to use good judgment slash common sense. This is an incredible Mm. opportunity. And I would add to that, you really need to have a special heart, a special passion for that type of volunteering. Dear friends, if you have any questions on any of these items, please feel free to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. She'd be happy to talk to you, as well as you can call us any time at 209-544-9571. Or we always look forward to shows like this because they're enjoyable and we just truly uh, enjoy welcoming Jim Hinman back to our show. You know, as you were talking about one of the opportunities for volunteering at Juvenile Hall, Mm. Ben Wheeler, who was voted the uh, probation officer of the, or, or whatever it is that they are at, at Juvenile Hall, I'm not sure their exact title, was given the honor of, 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 of employee of the year. The drug court, which is kind of the toughest of the kids in Juvenile Hall, Ben has been doing for quite a while now using the bus book material wow. really, is with that these great? kids. Yeah. 
and touching lives. There was a kid that graduated from drug court, and what she wanted was a copy of the bus book. Really? Is that right? And this is deep, deep, deep material. But these kids, they may not have the education, but when they're presented, and Ben has the ability to put skin on Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's about Mm -hmm. 6'4", 6'5", kind of a surfer dude. Just a wonderful, down-to-earth, very transparent. He is touching these kids' lives to give them an alternative to gang-banging, drugs, and basically seeing themselves as cast-offs of society. Jim, this just speaks volumes, and what a blessing this must be to you, oh, the I benefits got tears. of the bus mm-hmm. book, because mm-hmm. it is incredible and, and truly a worthwhile thing. In the hands of many, even the young people, yes. And that's mm-hmm. Who's Really Driving Your Bus came out, uh, what, four oh, years ago? Three, three mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. In, in, in oh, 03. In mm-hmm. 03, okay. It's four years, so you're, we're both right. <laughs> Man, well, yeah. <laughs> this book and, is just amazing. It is, and, and I think, uh, Jim, you've, you talk about the nuggets in there. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things probably that these uh, kids uh, really resonate with is any time that you announce truth and it's scripturally based, you know, God turns the light on. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't matter what educational level you're That's at. That's right. Uh, they, and they it's can the say, nugget form. Mm-hmm. It's like feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. The concept of lantern versus flashlight. Ben had the kids draw posters of some of these nuggets, and they could relate to the nugget, not to the deep information, but to the nugget. And I believe the Spirit helps make those nuggets come alive when it's delivered within God's nature. And Ben does that in a way that's respectful to himself and to the kids. It's it's great. To those who are listening, you mentioned the uh, the flashlight and and the lantern. And it's such Mm -hmm. a a great visual. Before we go on, could you uh, elaborate on that for those who may not Mm -hmm. be familiar with that analogy? Most of us, most of the time, use flashlights. A flashlight has kind of a harsh light. You may shine it at others. You may shine it at yourself. The quality of the light is seeing things half empty, meaning what's missing, what should be there but isn't, what is there but shouldn't be. There's a judgmental overtone to the light of a flashlight. And it's inaccurate. It only sees part of the light, as you can imagine with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. If I shine it at you, Elaine, I don't see myself. And so there's a lot of error built in. God never uses a flashlight. Never in the covenant of grace is there an example of God using a flashlight. By comparison, God uses a lantern that shines 360 degrees in all directions, 360 degrees in all directions with the same light of valuing mm-hmm grace, and respect for self and others. When I hold up the lantern, I see you, Elaine, with the same light that I see me with. Mm -hmm. God has no double standards. I would say most conflicts that people have are because of flashlights. Mm -hmm. And often they're both correct. If Mike and I are having a conflict, we both may be correct, in the limited piece of the picture we see, but our two pieces of picture do not overlap, and so we have conflict. Marriages go under frequently because of flashlights and the lack of lanterns, and yet God never, ever uses a flashlight. 
It's amazing stuff. And I know, Jim, when you were with us last time, we covered God's amazing plan for healthy mm-hmm. change, which, mm-hmm. dear friend, as you're listening, you can go back to the archives uh, online and listen to those shows because we did a two-parter, didn't I, we? And I'll tell you, I got a chance to listen back to it and I think it was some really useful, useful stuff. Well, that's why we enjoy so much you coming here because it's 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 educational, it's emotionally, spiritually charged, and, and besides that, we just downright enjoy your company. <laughs> I know, Jim, that uh, in all of the nuggets through the bus book and uh, all of the articles, I love checking out your website. There's mm-hmm. so many wonderful things on your website as well. We want to give that information out too. I think that sets the stage for what you're working on now. Mm-hmm. How have you been since we saw you last? And how are you coming on being willing to be a fool for God? When I write, I usually, he field tests it on me first. And there's still a lot of percolating, mm-hmm. more percolating mm-hmm. than writing. Mm-hmm. But to me, the secret to healthy change and healthy power is that willingness to appear foolish when you don't know for certain whether you're receiving correctly or not. Mm. We cannot know with absolute certainty that God is leading us. We can believe he's leading us, but we can't know that with certainty. We can want to believe. We can want it to be true, but we can't know with certainty. So when we take that leap of faith and say, I believe God is wanting me to do whatever or say whatever it may be him but it may be something within ourselves if it's me i may come out foolish if it's him chances are it's going to come out very good but i don't know that for certainty so to willing to be used by him is a willingness to be a fool if you misperceive what he's saying you know, that's very interesting. I, I was asked, and, and you get these, I know you do get mm-hmm. this question periodically, and, and I got it just, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago. How do you know when you're hearing God? Mm-hmm. And I've always thought, you know, that God has wired us all differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, f- f- I'll just throw this out to get it started. For me, um, as I've grown uh, older, <laughs> more mature oh, yeah. <laughs> you know there's there's a, a sense of well you know if it aligns with scripture if um i really sense through prayer that that's what god is saying and then if i have friends who know me well uh who have permission to say no mike you're all wet that is really mm-hmm. one of the most bonehead things i've ever heard or mm-hmm. yeah mike we, we we think that's that's right if those three things tend to be present, mm-hmm. I found that, you know, I, I think I'm pretty sure, but you're exactly right, Jim. It, it You don't know 100%. Mm-hmm. You don't Safeguards know 100%. are important because God is not just a God of feeling. It isn't. You can't just feel right. it, therefore it's true. He gave me three safeguards. One of them is one that you mentioned, Mike. Mm-hmm. The first one is, does this message that I'm getting that I believe is from God, does it contradict Scripture? Mm-hmm. God will not contradict himself. He will not contradict Scripture. If it contradicts Scripture, it's not coming That's from right. God. That's right. Number two, does it reflect his nature? And this mm-hmm. is probably the biggest this single is a thing. Biggie, yes. Because people, Christians, often forget that God has a nature. He has a style. Just like Mike, you have a style, and, and, and that style is pretty 
prevalent no matter whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood. There's a certain style that you know is Mike. Right. I could tell if something came from you, even though I didn't hear it, <laughs> because it either fits your nature or it doesn't. Sure. Elaine, same thing. Sure. God's nature will not contradict itself either. If it doesn't reflect the grace of this covenant that we're in currently, we're in the covenant of grace, not the covenant of law. law right. God will always honor covenants perfectly. If he's honoring the covenant of law perfectly, he's going to come across very differently than he does when he's honoring the covenant of grace. We are under the covenant of grace. Christ on the cross ushered in the new covenant of grace. That's what God is going to reflect his nature most accurately. And if it doesn't have that nature, if it's judgmental and harsh, the only people that, in the scripture that, that Jesus was harsh with were the Pharisees, yes. not with the prostitutes and tax collectors. Right. Right. Only those that were using God's name to hurt God's children were the only ones that he really got judgmental on. Otherwise, he gave loving support for that change can be possible. Change is possible. You know, this dynamic of using God's authority mm -hmm. as an oppressive tool. Yeah. He, uh, he, he lets out his judgment on that. He on doesn't that, like abuse. On that he does. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, and and, and mm -hmm. it happens a lot. It happens it? way too often. Mm. The third safety... One is it doesn't contradict scripture. Right. Two, it reflects his nature. Third, it always comes in lantern form. Mm. Because what happens often is if you use his word with a flashlight, you're getting a distortion. You're saying, I'm going to hold you to this, but not myself. That's what the Pharisees were doing. Mm. They were holding people accountable mm. for a level that they were not holding themselves accountable for. There was a double standard in the Pharisees, and that's what Jesus attacked, was that double standard, was that incongruity between what they expected of others and what they were producing themselves. Mm -hmm. his, his, his talk, Elaine, about the whitewashed tombs. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Looking nice and clean, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and they used to do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but underneath, decay and, and mm -hmm. death. That's right. Those are three great safeguards, mm -hmm. Jim. And as, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, he doesn't shine the flashlight, and yet he speaks so highly of discipline. Right. Because he knows that discipline is one way of having as full and healthy a life as possible. Mm -hmm. But discipline is not white-knuckled mm -mm. drivenness. Mm -hmm. It's being drawn deeper and deeper into his nature by his spirit and we're drawn into it that is discipline that is discipline when we're being drawn into his nature into his style that is also discipline not just when we white knuckle set aside x amount of time to do what we think he wants us to do he wants us to be living with him all the time Right letting where him we're at. live through us yes. all the time beginning right where we're at right I, I love i love how you speak jim about being a fool for god and i think about being myself mm -hmm. with the one who created me that intimate relationship that i have with him mm -hmm. because if i put on a mask 
and I'm trying mm-hmm. to be something or someone that I'm not. He already knows that anyway, oh, yeah. doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God is not a God of masks. Yeah. Masks actually interfere with God's ability to work through us. Because he's a gentleman and he won't force our hand with a mask. And so it, we, he can't work where we're wearing a mask. Even if it's a mask of righteousness, right, right. But that's uh, that that that's uh, a way that we often use, isn't it, Jim, to hide what we think are our inadequacies mm-hmm. and use that flashlight on others, right? And in some ways, um, sometimes it, it it's a way of medicating and making ourselves ourselves feel better by shining mm-hmm. that light on somebody else, and, and we don't want that. Right. That coming back, how do we break through that? If, if we sense that's happening in our lives, how, how do we get a little fissure working there? Well, probably the most closely guarded secret in God's plan of grace is the ability to feel good about noticing things we don't like to see in ourselves mm-hmm. and or in others. We need to be able to feel good about noticing if we're using a flashlight the first step is feeling good about noticing that we're using it so we can put it down and pick up the lantern. God doesn't want us to feel bad. He wants us to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to notice. He wants us yes, to notice. Yes. He wants us to be conscious in the present so that we can, in fact, let him live through us. And you talk about the, the character. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's when, when we get breakthroughs like that. Then his character can start flowing through us. And, right. And people see him reflected whether or not they know what it is right they can feel it can't they they can feel it the, the, these people that were sinners that jesus would hang out with they felt comfortable being around him mm. now when you see somebody who is very very self-righteous and very judgmental sinners are not going to feel comfortable being around them but jesus the one person that had a right to be self-righteous because he really was righteous mm-hmm was not coming across in a way that would make people feel put down. No, just the opposite. They felt comfortable. Yes. They were drawn to him. Mm-hmm. And that drawing is what keeps us going from glory to glory to glory as we become <laughs> deeper in our new creation self. It's that humility. He humbled yeah. himself. Mm-hmm. He humbled mm-hmm. himself. Did not see equality with the Father as something to even consider. Mm-hmm. That's a lesson for us all to learn. Jim, let's just touch real briefly before the break here Mm -hmm. on one of the dynamics that that we see happen in churches. And, you know, I've been there, done that. And and I think you helped me see the lantern and, you know, and put down flashlights Mm -hmm. and all that. But one of the traps that we can get drawn into uh, as pastors is that there's an expectation by the congregation that we are perfect, that we don't mess up. And that we're always there, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and yet we need to take care of our families. But, right. but you know, and and you get this dynamic tension mm-hmm. going where the pastor almost is forced sometimes into not being real and mm-hmm. putting on a mask just for for self defense, mm-hmm. and that becomes a ver- that 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 becomes a uh, revolving door. You know, and mm-hmm. and it's a, a circular thing that it's very hard to get to get off that merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. How do we uh, how do we help our pastors with that? How do how do we 
help them be okay about being real and establish kind of a safe environment so that we can be believers together and, and not uh, separated by that, that mask? I think the more people in the congregation that have that lantern view provide an oasis for mm-hmm. a pastor mm-hmm. and confidence for the pastor to be more and more genuine. Part of the difficulty is that we tend to believe that the flashlight is more powerful than the lantern. Uh, mm. So when a, a parishioner comes up and is has kind of a flashlight demand of a pastor, and the pastor reacts back with a flashlight of defensiveness, mm. what's happened is that the pastor is, has turned his lantern into a flashlight. Mm. In other words, at the time he most needs God to work through him, he has ended up defending instead. But if a parishioner, actually, believe it or not, a lot of my clients would like to think that I'm perfect, that I have it all together. Now, you guys know that's not true. <laughs> you know, Sonia, Jesse, Nathan, they know it's not true. Yeah. I know it's and not true. And we love you anyway. And you love me anyway. Yes. We have a mutual lantern society, that's right. right? A mutual lantern society. But the fact is... Not everyone's going to like you, Mm. but that isn't a problem. It just means some people aren't going to like you. But don't we live most of our lives, most of us that way, trying to please, trying to please? Right, because we're trying to make up for Mm. the fundamental belief that there's something terribly wrong Mm. with us at the core Mm. that we have to make up for, hide, get rid of, compensate for in some way. And so when we have conflict, like somebody comes and they expect something of us, and suddenly that little kid inside that is back dealing with mom or dad or dealing with a particular abusive teacher or a difficult situation, that's who is now trying to deal with this current adult-to-adult transaction between me as the pastor and this parishioner. If you hold up your lantern and are respectful to you and the parishioner, I believe pastors can continue to advance the healing of their whole congregation. Mm. Yes, yes. A mighty work can be done with that lantern. You can say, for example, I understand that you're really disappointed in me, that you really would like me to be able to do this thing. The fact is, I took your request in, I prayed about it, and right now, that's not what I'm feeling led to do. And I appreciate that's a real disappointment to you. In other words, the lantern is being respectful of the person that may be making an unreasonable request, sure. in quote, right. unreasonable by our perspective. By their perspective, a reasonable request. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not going to put the person down for their request. But I'm, I'm not going to put me down for not being able to fulfill it. I will give grace to me and to the person. What I'll say to clients is, uh, you know, when I see that they're wanting me to be perfect, I'll say, well, I'm, you know, I wrote the books and I developed a, a form of therapy and I did the talks. I'm always a new program. That's what we call 2,000-year-old new program, allowing the spirit to live through us. I'm always a new program, except when I'm not. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it never gets better than that. <laughs> While on earth, it never, as a pastor, it doesn't get better than that. As a parishioner, it doesn't get better than that. As a psychologist or a coach, it doesn't get better than that. 
Amen. And yet when we're shining that lantern, we're responding in new program new that program. you speak of, not reverting back to the old ways. And Jim, we love mm-hmm. the way you refer to your relationship with your big brother, Jesus. Right. And you know, the Christian group, Big Daddy Weave, also recognizes Jesus's power in everything in their song they entitled In Christ. Here it is on Lighthouse Live. in Christ. 
Big Daddy Weave on Lighthouse Live. I'm just going to let that go for a while. I, I can get into that. that. As we live stream <laughs> with you She's live. watching Mike dancing over here. On uh, Lighthouse Live. Yes, uh, you, de- you definitely don't want a lantern for that one. <laughs> you don't want any light on that dancing. <laughs> Pastor Mike Douglas, Elaine Harlan, and doctor and friend, psychologist, author Jim Hinman. We are so glad to have you with us once again and, and love to do this on a regular basis. You're one of those those folks that we could, you know, this door is open to you anytime, Jim. And and. Real quickly here, before we forget, dear friends, you are able to pick up uh, these tremendous uh, resources. Who's Really Driving Your Bus? Written by Dr. Jim Hinman, also the handbook. And you want to remember these three places at Beardsley's Book and Bible in McHenry Village in Modesto or Turlock Book and Bible in uh, Turlock, Family Book and Bible in Turlock, I should say, and also on the website. And I hope you have your pen handy. Uh, jot this down, www.careforyou.com. Let me spell that for you. C-A-I-R. F-O-R-Y-O-U dot com. That's careforyou dot com. And if you didn't get that or if you forget, like I forget a lot of things a lot of times, you can uh, search Dr. Henman on the web and it will take you there. Just a tremendous website, a tremendous book. Every show, home should have it. I believe well, that. Well, I think that if you're wanting to have a deeper and deeper relationship with God, you need to be looking more and more deeply into our blind spots. That's one of the biggest problems that we have is if we live on the surface and God is deep, there's a mismatch. Mm. We'll never get to his depth, but the more we're drawn to his depth, the more he can work through us. You know, Jim, in looking at the blind spots, a lot of times we find that fear. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more Mm -hmm. about that as we delve into uh, some of those things. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm looking at some of the things that I'm struggling with, I can't hide my head in the proverbial sand, so to speak. And see, what makes most of our struggles as painful as they are is the fact that we are condemning ourselves for having the struggle. Hmm which is arrogant in that God says there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, and yet we arrogantly condemn ourselves for the very struggles we want to change. When you condemn yourself for a struggle you want to change, you prevent change. When you defend, you prevent change. It actually keeps you from doing the thing God wants for you and that you want for yourself. Kind of a, a device from the enemy, isn't it? It and is. Also, also involving shame. Yes, it? shame is the very same thing. Mm-hmm. I am a mistake. I have to hide. This is what Elaine was talking mm-hmm. about uh, mm-hmm. just a moment right. ago. That core belief there's something horribly wrong with us. Yes. And the truth is, in a fallen world, which we're all a part That's of. That's right. We all have many fallibilities. That is not something wrong with us. That's just being human. We mm-hmm. all have fallibilities. And God knows that. And God better knows than that anybody. and is not put off by that. But that core fear that there's something horribly wrong becomes an organizing principle that we try to hide and make up for. The truth is the only thing truly wrong with us is that fundamental fear that there's something horribly wrong with us. The fear is in fact what is wrong with us. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of fear, but of relationship. God knows we're fallible. He wants us to continue growing in his nature as his ambassador. 
Jim, that that fear also plays into issues of forgiveness. Absolutely. Issues of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it can be a um, heavy duty dam can mm-hmm. it, that that holds mm-hmm. back. That holds you know, back. the living water that that, mm-hmm. uh, that will take care. I'm just thinking in yeah. terms of oh, it's of true. Relationships it's true. Now, right? The 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 fear helps create mm-hmm. the walls that imprison us, and God has no walls. Mm. God is one continuous, present, perfect being. God is I am. He is total and complete, and there's no walls, there's no separations within God. Christ is I am saves. That's Jesus' role, is to save. My role, your role, is to be becoming. Not to have arrived, but to have the humility to embrace our lives right where we're starting because his perfect love empowers us to imperfectly love ourselves and others as we're becoming in his nature. And facing those fears even Mm -hmm. when it hurts. What hurts the most is when we judge and condemn ourselves for our shortcomings instead of bringing them to him, which like you said before, he already knows it. Mm -hmm. He's not shocked or surprised by it. But when we embrace our imperfections and bring those to him and he puts his arm around you and says, Elaine, hon, would you like some help on this? (laughs) Would you like some support in making changes here? In all the years that I've known him, which is considerable, Not once in the hundreds and thousands of times that I've come to him and said, Lord, I'm blowing it again. Not once in all those thousands of times has he ever said, well, you know, you're really a disappointment to me, Jim. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think you're going to make it. Every single time he has had the faith in my capacity to imperfectly embrace his relationship so that he can perfectly transform me glory to glory to glory and be in christ and just like the wonderful song that we just just you don't wait until you've arrived to be in christ Mm -hmm. being in christ is what allows you to continue becoming didn't david king david the the writer of the psalms oh yeah didn't he have a wonderful way of grappling with that? Yes. I mean, talk about mm-hmm. being foolish. Very transparent. Very transparent to the point of uh, appearing a, a fool at times, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. I think. to Well, dancing you know, naked, I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's more yeah. than I'm able was... to do. <laughs> I, I don't think I want to get, quite get that <laughs> no, foolish. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no but, but he, he did. And, and, and he has mm-hmm. a wonderful way of, of saying, you know, Look, look at me, God, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. of the, your lantern mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. explanation here. You know, test me, mm-hmm. uh, oh mm-hmm. Lord. You mm-hmm. know, see if there is mm-hmm. anything in me that. And he's inviting God to shine that lantern right. inside of him. That's right. And I don't sense that David is saying, "Shine it in me, God." So I can feel so terrible I, and ashamed. So I can no, beat myself up. No, because right? he knew mm-hmm. that he exactly. was the apple of God's right. eye, didn't he? He mm-hmm. knew who he was. He and didn't you know question something? that. So am I. Yes. Amen. And you know something. So are you. You know something? Mike, you are too. Mm -hmm. And everyone who is listening right now to your voice. Every living human being is the apple of God's eye. That's right. He loves all of us equally. He can't love us more than he already does. Now, one of the things Mm -hmm. that can interfere with that is... Our reception. Well, yeah, and and how we're programmed as kids. Right. 
right? If, if we were never allowed to measure up, if there was never the affirmation, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a big transition that happen has to happen there, right? Before we can mm-hmm. think, well, my own father wouldn't mm-hmm. accept me, or my own, my own mother would. accept how is this heavenly father going to do it? You just said a mouthful yes, because we don't realize it, but we do tend to see God through the filter of our experiences with our parents. Yeah, that's right. And it's 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 a very visceral thing that gut feeling thing that we don't even realize is coloring our view. But that sense I've got to try harder, I've got to try harder, I've got to earn his love, I've got to put a mask on so he doesn't see how far short I'm coming. In a this sense, a, that's kind of like pride, isn't it? Right, so it is pride. That's, that's that is pride. It's raising its ugly head right it there. It doesn't feel like it, but it is. It is. Yeah, it is indeed. arrogant pride. Absolutely. And what an investment in our children oh. mm-hmm. when we can demonstrate that. I mean, I'm thinking back to my mm-hmm. mom and my mm-hmm. dad and my grandpa, mm-hmm. and you just think back to the wonderful ways that they reflected the nature yeah. of, of God, and yet, you know, some of us don't have, I mean, I was blessed, Many but don't. not... Not everybody has that uh, experience. Um, how, how do we begin to move in that direction if, if we mm-hmm. haven't had that kind of role model, if okay. we haven't seen that in our parents? How do we start to nurture ourselves towards, wow, God accepts me yeah. as I am? I think a big part of it is being in community, mm-hmm. being willing to find people that you can begin to be a bit more transparent layer by layer by layer, not demanding that you go from zero to 100 in 2.3 seconds, but it's a process of developing relationship, celebrate recovery, Mm -hmm. caring grace, the care group, both of those, AA, NA, OA, all the different 12-step programs. They provide a safe place to begin learning to be more transparent. I think Mm -hmm. every church should have vehicles not only for those that are quote in recovery but for those that don't think they are in recovery it's called sanctification yes there's not one christian that doesn't believe that they need to have a process of sanctification mm-hmm. or else they're not a christian if they feel they've arrived they're on the wrong boat that's right <laughs> otherwise we're all in a process <laughs> of sanctification on a planet there i'll tell you what we're, we're being willing to be a fool for God That's right. uh, this week on, on the program, and we've got more with Dr. Jim Henman right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet... Thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about AVC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet. 
within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live as we live stream tonight. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and doctor and friend, author, teacher, just a wonderful person. And we're so glad that Jim Henman is joining us tonight. Jim, is there any outlook or do you kind of forecast when being willing to be a fool for God might all come together? I know he's percolating. Oh, absolutely. And- absolutely. When he's ready. <laughs> you know, that's a good I, answer. I learned, I learned that with the handbook back in 1990, the wow. Changing Attitudes in Recovery mm-hmm. Handbook on Esteem. I learned that with uh, <clears throat> the bus book, Who's mm-hmm. Really Driving Your Bus? I started writing it right after 9-11. And it was finally done in 03. I love that attitude. You know, it's going to be done as it's done. Yeah. And I could like it sooner, but it will be done when he's finished writing it. I'm a typist, not a writer. (laughs) I'm a typist. (laughs) You know, Jim, at the very beginning, we listened to the voice uh, of the martyrs. And, of course, talking Mm -hmm. about uh, Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and then that, uh, that really 
what you could look at and say a tragic event, and mm-hmm. yet God turned that into just an amazing thing where uh, some of the Indians yeah. uh, became believers and, and started to witness to their own tribe and See, stuff. See, God never is confused by the facts, mm. F-A-C-T-S, mm. while we as humans are often confused by the facts. And we remain victims, and these people victims in this situation... We only have one identity as a Christian, mm. only one. Everything else comes from that, and that is as a new creation in Christ, his ambassador of reconciliation, inward to ourselves, outward to others. That's the only identity we have. And yet most Christians see themselves in terms of their old nature, not their new nature. And that's tragic Mm. because it's like arguing for your limitations, when you see yourself as your old nature. If you listen to people, Christians, describe themselves, they will usually describe themselves based on old nature qualities. Mm. What they're doing is taking away the power of who they truly are. How I'm feeling, how I'm doing at a given moment is not who I am. Thank God. Thank God Mm -hmm. is right. Mm -hmm. Thank God is right. So Paul's essays on our identity mm-hmm. being in Christ, our citizenship in heaven. Mm-hmm. And Paul talked a lot about mm-hmm. being a fool sure. for God. Oh, I love Paul let, for let, that. Let's talk yes, about yes. him for a little mm-hmm. bit and, mm-hmm. and kind of transport those kind of qualities mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. 2007 here. That, that, that would kind of have to mean that I need to give up my work box mm-hmm. and my being a dad box. Compartmentalizing. My, yeah, all these compartments. That, that means i got to kind of blur those lines, doesn't it? Only if you would like to have a more meaningful, peaceful, peaceful. Yeah. Uh, joyful, serene life. Only if that's the case. If you'd rather be miserable and and stuck and, and burdened down and, and frustrated, I would suggest keep the boxes. <laughs> with the boxes, guys, yeah. don't you think you've got to do the mask thing? Because if right, you're in this exactly. box, you've yeah. got to wear this mask right. or this hat, whatever right. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then so it just... And, and see, as a new creation, it doesn't mean that's who's driving all the time. Mm. I am a new creation all the time. That doesn't mean that's who's driving my bus. Sometimes some of my old nature, one of my wounded kids grabs a wheel. I'm still responsible for what the bus does. It's not a cop-out. It's not an excuse. Mm. It's just an accuracy. Like when Paul said, I do the things I don't want to do in Romans. He wasn't saying that as an excuse. He was saying, it's no longer me, but sin dwelling in me. Sin simply meaning missing the mark. I am not my old nature. But the more I believe that it is, the more power my old nature has, and the more Satan goes, yeah, Mm. got another one. Mm -hmm. When in truth, I am a new creation. And being uh, what what I call uh, Mm ultra-religious, extending, Mm -hmm. having what I call a religious spirit, (laughs) you know, is is Mm -hmm. part of that, isn't it? It's part of the mask, We can become so hidden. Mm Mm-hmm behind scripture right that we don't live it out you notice jesus would always say it is written and then he then he'd share something mm. he never had scripture be a barrier between him and the person he was sharing with yes mm. jesus was the most transparent most real individual that ever lived mm. he was transparent 
somebody that is seeing themselves as so super religious and super spiritual that they have a a, a wall between them and the outside world, they're in a prison of self-deception. And they're not going to be bringing people to the Lord because they can't even be seen. Well, don't you think hurting people see through that innately? They uh, Listen, for the longest time, I was mad at, 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 at Christians. Hmm. Now I are one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I saw the casualties from broken marriages and, and, mm. and, and churches that, 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 that did not show his nature, God's nature, mm. in dealing with these broken people. And you did something about it, Jim, not only yeah. in your own life personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you're helping countless others. Yeah. What a ministry you Well, have. I, I feel fortunate. I, I, I get paid to let him do the work and I collect the fees. And it's a great arrangement. Speak very quickly, Jim, on our process of recovery, sanctification, Mm -hmm. and doing something about it. Because I love Mm -hmm. the part in your book where you quote James. We can't walk by that mirror and -hmm. not look and see what needs to be changed. That's the identity Alzheimer's, that part of James where he says, you look in the mirror and you turn around and you forget what you look like. We need to remember I call it identity Alzheimer's because we forget that we are, in fact, a new creation who may be having trouble at the moment, but it's, that's what we're having, not who we are. And when we can keep track of who we are, we have the leverage of him through us, reaching out and lovingly supervising, which is important. God's in favor of supervision. He wants us to supervise those old nature parts, those old wounded kids, whatever, with his nature, lovingly, firmly, keeping them safely in the passenger seat. Where does time go when you're here with us? Too quickly. too quickly. You <laughs> must come back again soon, Jim Henman. We love you. Thank you for it's being mutual. with us. Dear friends, thank you for listening. Wherever you happen to be on this planet, we're so grateful that you're here. Be sure to tune in next week when Chuck and Marcy Cutsinger of the Nineveh Outreach will be joining us. Now, there are some people that grasp yes. everything oh, that what we're talking it. about. They oh, cool. get it. Incredible. So yeah, have a great. a great week, dear friends, and join us again next time. May God continue to bless your lives. 